Hello and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. And today we're joined by Caden Cox and his parents, Kevin and Mary. Caden is a kicker for the Hawking College football team. You may have heard Caden's story. Caden is the first person with Down syndrome in the history of college football to score a point in a game. A history-making event that I saw online and... We reached out, and they were so generous to spend some time with us. I love this story, and it's definitely a story that I wish I would have had when we started this journey because it annihilates that list of won't do, starting with being on curriculum, graduating from high school, attending college, playing ball, and that's just the beginning because they continue to pave the way for us and kick down barriers. So welcome, Caden, Kevin, and Mary Cox. Hello, friends. Hello. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. Good afternoon. It's so good to finally uh, talk and meet. I know. It's, you know, there's good things about social media, and that's, you hear from people that you haven't seen in forever, and people that you have, and then those that you've never seen, but they're like friends. And I know we've been so pleased with people such as yourselves who have been so supportive from a distance. Um, as far as Caden's, all of what's been happening with Caden, and, and, and hopefully continues to happen with the advocating and all the the inclusion things that are going on um, with everyone. Originally, we wanted to talk about everything with school and the football. And then while we were waiting to touch base, you had another event happen. And I think both of those stories together tell um, such drastic sides and if you're okay, I'd, I'd like to discuss both of those events, only if you're comfortable with that. We might be limited on what we can say because of um, how we're moving forward with Actually, this incident. Just what we know right now. Okay. Right? Yeah, we can talk yeah. about what, okay. as I had told your husband, it just, it just blew us out of the water that this would happen to anyone but to Caden. And of course, he has... Um, Down syndrome and just, you know, just to anyone that it would happen and on a, a place where you feel safe and where you've revered. So it's been, it's been something, but yes. Okay. Well, let's start with the happy stuff. Yes. Yes, please. Could you uh, introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about yourselves? You want to start? Hey, um, my name is Caden Cox, college student athlete because I played football before. And I'm his mom, Mary Cox, and um, advocate with him. It just very, um, he's our inspiration and motivation for our whole family. And that's just not the immediate family, but for everyone. And um, we also work, I work where Caden is attending college right now. I have the privilege of working where he's going to school, which is it's great to to be able to be that close and see everything day to day what's going on. So Kevin Cox, Caden's father and coach. So I'm I'm actually a special teams coach and uh, the director of football operations at the college. So Mary and I both work there, and Caden was working there until that until the event came up. But long history of this thing and you know the good thing is that we've been fighting and mary will talk more about that i'm sure but been fighting for his rights since basically kindergarten is when it all started and then uh and then now we're, we're having to do it again in college i mean it, it's uh and well, ironically caden just put in his paper um anecdotic bi bibliography for a paper that he's doing for his final English paper. And it's on inclusion, the rights versus privilege. And just researching again to see how slow 
the process has been and worldwide. So, so this has been good, him going to college and a lot of his um, papers and speech or in English or in things that he does has to do with individuals and their rights to, he did it for speech, you did one on um, the FAP and the idea um, to have that, the rights. And, and it's something that we did put in the paper, he put that it should be something that shouldn't be, we shouldn't have to fight for because it's there. But it seems like still people act like it's, it's a privilege for them. And that's one thing where we're, it just keeps being slammed in the face, you know? Kaden, how old are you? 23. 23? What, um, can, can, we, can we say what school you go to? Hocking College. Hocking, and that's where? So Hocking is H-O-C-K-I-N-G College in Nelsonville. It's, we are literally in the Wayne National Forest. Wow. Down in the Appalachian, it's um, southwestern. So we're down um, not far from going across the border to West Virginia. So you were just talking about the fight for education. You know, this is and this is something I'm so glad we get to talk to you about it because that has we're fighting the fight. We've been fighting the fight, you know, since Liam was kindergarten and, and went into the school system. And you do. You're right. We had to fight for his place in school. We had to fight every year to with a lawyer. We had to hire a lawyer every year in order to get him a place in the classroom. Now, did Caden stay on curriculum the entire time? We, we were kind of unorthodox. We moved around. We actually um, were in Tennessee and we had to fight for him to go to the same school that his brother did. And granted, everybody has their different opinions. A parents with individuals with Down syndrome feel that inclusion is good. Some are don't want it because they don't want their kids in that environment. For us, we wanted that. So that's what we fought for. And we sat down the first day and they said, well, we're gonna, he's gonna go to school about seven miles away at this other area. And I said, uh, no, he's not. I, I met with the central office, just, just said, bottom line, get him in here and we're gonna talk this out because this is not going to happen. And our, literally our subdivision, the, high, the elementary school is right there. Our place of business, which we owned a martial arts school was right there. His friends, his brother went there and I said, there's no reason he can't go to the same school. There was about 1,080 students in that school. No individuals with Down syndrome were attending at the time. And I said, that, that doesn't matter. This is where he needs to be. And, and somebody said, how did you get that to happen? We have the final. That's what parents need to understand. We have the final say. And even back then, we put our foot down and he stayed there. Granted, we made this decision for him to be put in kindergarten again. There were six kindergarten classes and they wanted to the next year put him in a different one. We said no, we want him with the same teacher. So he's starting at the same point. He doesn't have to learn anything new and he can move forward. So when he left, he left at a kindergarten level. And you know, as parents, our kids can go to school till they're 22 years old. My thinking, our thinking has always been, why do we wait till that they go till 22 when at 18, everybody around him graduates? So our thinking was, why not get more of the, we have a lot of educators in our family. And when I was pregnant with him, I did a study on brain development and I took primrose and flex seed oil. It, they all, and all I kept reading was the foundation for learning is in those early years. So our thinking was, why not get more in the fundamental years of their life to get that foundation? So we kept him in kindergarten two years. Then when it came to fifth grade, we decided to move to Ohio. And when we moved to Ohio, he had just finished fifth grade, was supposed to go into a new middle school. And we thought, why not put him in fifth grade again? He's learning a new school system and find out what's going on. So he went through fifth grade again. When he went then into the junior high, trans transition was smoother for him. He was more size-wise, was a little bit more those kids' size and maturity was a little bit more there. And then we had struggles. He was very active in middle school he was in percussion he was on the dive team um, he was in concert band and then he played in the marching band he played football he was in track and field so he was very active but by 10th grade the educational system there wasn't what we wanted for him it was the high school that i had graduated from and i found that the programs were ran just like they were 35 years ago when i had went there to school and I was fighting in IEP meetings for things that I just didn't feel we should have to. And I felt that the teachers there 
almost gave like Caden felt like he was too good to be in the special education classes and that wasn't it at all. Um, we even had a teacher at one time when he would sit in the cafeteria with the general population where everybody likes to sit you go in hey sit down and they were like oh well he, well he always was fine with that but the ones he sat with then they were older so they were a couple days went on field trips so when he went back to his class to sit with his class uh, his teacher um with the um, special education department she's like what are you doing over here she goes well you just go over there and sit where you usually sit so she didn't make him feel welcome back with his other classmates you know he he inclusion is everybody it's not you go sit over there you sit over there they seem to segregate themselves the teachers do a lot of times and that's what we found um and there are some other issues we had there um with that and so i really wanted to look for an environment and we did that was more inclusive actually inclusive like the word that it's supposed to be what inclusion is supposed to mean so we found a place in yorktown virginia which we had family in Virginia and they had presented the school. They have a program called Project Search, Project Explore and Project Experience. And so Caden went there when he was in 10th grade and he went through his high school year totally knowing what inclusion was. As I said, I'm kind of rambling with your question, but we have kind of gone the unorthodox route just because, and I've been able to do that because I have a um, bachelor's degree in public relations and my various jobs but I started then getting into education. I was in, very active in the PTA when he was at school. I was actually president for five years when they were in elementary school. Um, and I feel parents need to be involved in that to see really what's going on in there. And then I do want to say in elementary school, the teachers were supportive. The principal was supportive. It was the central office. No child left behind back then. And I said, well, this is my child and we want him left behind. So you know, that was that was where we had to really be strong about it. There's so many different things I want to ask you about because you were talking about you, the, uh, the, let's go to the school that you transferred to. You said you wanted to transfer him out of that high school that you went to. So you found another place. What was that placement? That, that was York, York high, high School. It's nearby Yorktown, Yorktown, Virginia. It's in the historic triangle of Virginia. We have family that were there and some um, Kevin's side of the family is from Chesapeake, Virginia, down near Virginia Beach. We met her, in fact, we got married at Virginia Beach. So Virginia was still familiar to us um, and we still had support there because you can't, family support, friend support is something that everybody needs no matter what your child does or who your child is. So we went to Yorktown. It was called York High School. And that was just an inclusive high school? It was just an inclusive high school. They weren't, it wasn't like they that's all they are they're just you the program is just out there it's inclusive Tr great transition coordinator that it was her first year so we learned together we kind of helped write the book on some things Caden has a tendency to be more pushing towards inclusion than some individuals do so they had the various things for whatever level of inclusion you want if you want the secular inclusion in one area if you want more involved in the gen ed programs more involved in the extracurricular activities. And for us, education doesn't end when the day ends, it ends when the sporting event ends. And when Caden ended up getting to Virginia and getting to play sports uh, the second year, we had to up appeal to the Virginia High School League for permission for him to play sports. And our athletic director told me, he pulled me in his office. He goes, Mary, don't count on this. He goes, I'm going to tell you the process. You write a letter and it will most likely be denied. After that, you're going to be called in front of a board if you want to go that far. And he goes, these really aren't randomly given out, but you can write this appeal. And one thing in the four page appeal we, we wrote was that it doesn't end when the bell rings. The learning process continues in those social opportunities, in the sporting opportunities, in the band opportunities, and in any of those things. And to play beyond 19 years old. Oh, so it was about the age. Okay. The, the age was age. The, the impact there. So for par parents are like, okay, my kid and my child stays into 22 years old. They have a right to continue being fully included in that school not just the educational but they can do these sports so the board of appeals and one thing i put in there too was he's not going to take anybody's um scholarship positions you know it, it's not that he just wants to be part of that team that's what he's used to and so the board 
it came appeal. We got it granted with just a letter. I didn't have to go in front of the board. We didn't have to go in front of the board. And not only did we do it one time, we had to do it two times because of his age. He was 20 then at the time, 19 and 20 to play in Virginia. And so we wrote that um, letter to, so once again, it was advocating for his right to be a part of the system. And in the second letter, the president of that board was up from Kenton, Virginia. And he personally called me because I wanted to call you and let you know that we are all behind Caden in what he's doing. And that's what you want to hear. You know, that's what you want. You don't want to have to go in front of a board to give them to do what their rights are. And this team wasn't a slacker team. They were uh, um, district champions. They won all 11 games. They went to two state playoffs. Caden actively played. He kicked. He kicked off, went down and made a tackle, and the crowd went wild. You just heard everybody chant, Caden, Caden. He played. Um, oh, you don't want me to tell him that. He doesn't like me to tell him this story. He actually had the opportunity. I was sitting in the stands and somebody yelled out, get Caden's mom. Well, it was the principal. She goes, get Caden's mom. Caden's going to run the ball. And I was like, what? And they put him in on the one yard line. They didn't tell the other team, didn't set it up. No, oh, he's going to just run it through. Well, he got tackled on the one yard line. That's why he doesn't like me to tell this story. But that's reality. That happens. Yeah. That's a football player. Maybe not offense on a kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've seen you kick off and we've seen you kick extra points. And I love that you're a self-advocate, Caden, and I love that you fight so hard for inclusion. What? When did inclusion become important to you and why is it so important to you? Because I able to play sports and become an athlete and Bam, what now I'm playing football. Yeah. I think that uh, why it was important was just, just when he started playing and he followed his brother's footsteps, everything his brother did from martial arts to swimming, to diving, to football, uh, football to track and field. I mean, everything except for music. None of us has a musical bone in our body, but him. But it's every, with his extra chromosome. But everything else, I mean, he followed his brother's footstep and just wanted to be included. And thank God the teachers and the coach, well, the team, not necessarily teachers, the coaches all wanted Caden to be a part of things. But I think at first it was, hey, he's got Down syndrome and maybe he'll give our team a pep. Well, they, they saw that he could dive, he could throw the shot put. He could kick the football. So they were like, wow, let's really let him be a part of our team. So I think that's where the inclusion and, and the happiness started with him. I think before he didn't understand that he wasn't included. Yeah. Because his teachers in that elementary years made him just like he, they didn't make it like he was not included. So like I said, out of 100, 1,080 students, he was the only individual in that school that had Down syndrome. And none of the, I mean, parents even were like, our kids have learned so much from Caden. So it definitely we we were in a fortunate situation with a community that never, we didn't get the questions that I keep seeing different parents posting now on their Instagram and different things. And I was like, okay, th this was 20 some years ago and, and we weren't getting, but I think we didn't, we didn't put ourselves in the places of anybody thinking negative or that there weren't possibilities. I think it's important who you surround yourselves with. I think it's very important. You had mentioned these papers that Caden had, that you had written, Caden, about um, inclusion and FAPE and that these are our rights. Um, this is the conversation. This is not a privilege. This is a right. This is something, these are the same conversations that we've had fighting for Liam's education. I feel like a lot of times in IEPs, they think it's a favor that they're going to do for you when it's your right. And I love that um, this message is coming from you Yeah. because it's so powerful because powerful. one with Liam, nobody ever expects that it's coming from him. Yeah. They, they make all these excuses. They look at me and they're like, oh, mom, that's just so pat me on the head. And so that the message comes from you. I think that's where the real change happens in our community, not only in the schools that you're attending and the, the teachers, the people who are naysayers, as well as the people who support you and everyone that's around you, but also other families and parents in our community. How old is Liam? He's 12. 12. 
Kaden, I love talking to you. Yeah. I, I love speech has been such a challenge with Liam, just even getting the supports in school and it becomes a concern for mine. But here I can have a conversation with Kaden and this seeing is believing as a parent because I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for the supports. I'm fighting against a system who says things are impossible. And they should be the ones not saying that. I know. Where are you all at? We're in LA and it's uh, the district is just, um, the district is not geared for um, very high ranking school, but very but high not, ranking uh, didn't ed- for... denied him placement. He has a yeah. new school now, but they denied him placement. So is there the papers that you wrote? Are those anything that we could um, share in the notes? Would that be possible? Yes. His final project is supposed to be a persuasive research paper. And then the presentation is going to be more PowerPoint presented. But I can send you the one he, he did a speech. And I will tell you, we could say this. The speech was supposed to be like two minutes long. But with Caden, it was like six minutes long. But the teachers have been great, you know, looking because in college, you can't have the modifications. You can have accommodations. Right. So we can have extension. We have different things. And I do have to I do want to share with you the last IEP meeting at Caden school when he, before he graduated, we still were fighting for speech. And the teacher said to me, she goes, she after, you know, they always have to say it on the time. She goes, I am so glad you fought for that when they tried to say no, no, no. She said, because we can't say anything. Oh. But if the parent says it and you pushed for it, they have to do it. And so they have to have, to have a psychological exam and then a final closing IEP. And this teacher was really great to make sure it was packaged. So when he went to the next level, either into a job or an educational or trade school, it helps them to solidify where he was at. So I do want to share with you, the fight will continue and I hate that. Yeah. But so I hear you as him, Liam being 12 years old and Caden, granted, even family members were like, what did he just say? So his speech was the struggle through all. He was out of OT and PT in no time, but speech was always part of our IEP. Does Liam go to his IEP meetings? No, he's going to and start. He will because he will. we just we just had, had an interview a with someone about student-led, IEPs, student-led IEPs, and I think it's very really um, open our eyes. How do you like college, Caden? Um, <laughs> yes, it is awesome. Do you have a favorite class? K nine. K nine. His associates is going to be in therapeutic performing arts and assisted animal studies. And so what we did was sat down with the counselor and we formed an associate's degree that was around his strengths. So he has his dog, Bosa, who's laying in here, his dog, Bosa, who's after the Bosa brothers. And um, he's in the canine therapeutic program and then performing arts. I'm kind of surprised he didn't say the performing arts class. He's in the band at college too. But if he likes the canine, that's awesome. Well, let's talk about football. When did you start playing football? I'm tenth grade because I take um, karate and then start with playing football now. And Dad, have you always been his coach? Yeah. So, so yeah, answers yes. And this just shows Caden always gets his way because I always said as a coach, I would never coach my own son. Now on Saturdays and Sundays, it's just us going to a stadium and we're kicking, teaching how. I used to do that with Zane a lot and that's okay. But on the field, I always said I wasn't going to. So what's funny about it is Zane left Fremont, Ohio, basically came to the junior college that he ended up playing at. Well, I went to Fremont, Ohio to coach and teach. Zane was at this Hawking College. Soon as he left, I got hired at Hawking College. So now now I'm waiting to go to Texas A&M. No, I'm just is, he, is Zane at Texas A&M? Yes. Zane's coaching at Texas A&M. Yes. Oh, fantastic. But I got up to Fremont, Ohio, and we were outside one day, and we had been kicking with Zane on the weekends because he's getting ready to go to camp, right? And we're kicking with him, and Caden's out there, and Caden's starting to kick some and learning how to kick and getting his steps down. And then we were out of practice one day, and Caden was at practice with us. And one of the coaches saw Caden over there kicking while we were warming up on this end, and he says, Coach Cox, put Caden in the kick. I mean, it happened just like that. And we're, I was like, well, no, because I'm not going to coach my own son. <laughs> you know, but but I overcame that. And and next thing you know, Caden, lo and behold, Caden comes out. And we had no other kickers at all, seriously. 
Not that he wouldn't have won the job, but we went on and played that season and Caden played in one game. We won 49 to nothing and he kicked seven for seven extra points. The first year he ever played. So they did a news story, WTOL in Toledo. Uh, He was on Friday Night Lights, the first time they ever highlighted a junior varsity person at all, much less than a kicker, right? Yeah, because kickers don't get a lot of money. They don't get a lot. (laughs) Unless they miss. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're exactly right. So uh, they did a big story, and it hit 2,500 news channels across the country. I told this to a a speech we were doing yesterday morning uh, up in Columbus. Uh, My sister called me and said, oh, my God, I just saw Caden on TV. And this is in Texas, southeast Texas. So this thing hit, went viral, and we're like, wow. So he ends up going to uh, move into Yorktown the next year. And lo and behold, now I, I didn't go. I stayed here. That's when I got hired at Hawking College. They go down to Yorktown, and he's kicking down there. And I'm like, wow. So I, I made a lot of trips from Southeast Ohio to, to Virginia Beach area to watch him play numerous games. And then uh, now, wow, here, yeah. here we are at Hawking. And his coach, his high school coach just texted me yesterday and he's actually writing a book and a chapter is going to be about Caden and he asked if that was okay and he said mainly funny stories he goes but also what I've learned from Caden and that's one thing that the coach is very and this like I say this was an a this was an award winning team that this guy coaches year after year and he he just is. was so impressed and he's so thrilled with all the things happening with Caden. And he said, I learned so much from that kid. Well, you've mentioned it, uh, at least online, I've read it, how Caden, you're literally kicking down barriers here, right? <laughs> yes. Kicking. How did you say, is that because you did karate? Yes, it is. Did you just like kicking? Yes. And my big brother, my dad and my mom take karate. Yeah, we actually had a program called Cadence Kicking Buddies that we worked mm. with individuals okay. with it's disabilities um, in Middle Tennessee, and we owned we owned it, and we were the founders of Cadence Kicking Buddies. So. We owned a big martial arts studio there. So, so kicking it started with my older brother punted at Virginia Tech. He was an All American at Virginia Tech. Then I punted at Middle Tennessee State University. And then Zane came up and Zane wasn't getting recruited at fullback and middle linebacker because of his height. I mean, I literally talked to coaches that wanted him, but he needed to be six foot four and he's five foot nine. So that didn't work out good. And and I remember having this discussion. I said, man, the best thing we can do to get you on the field, his dream was always to play D1 football. I said, learn how to kick or punt. Now to be, believe it or not, he punted in college D1, but he was a better kicker than he was a punter. But they had a great, great, great kicker there as well. So for him to fit in, he really hit the field all the time. He was punting, 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 punting. So we called a coach down there that I knew. I used to coach with him. He, he went to University of Tennessee Martin. And Jordan said, heck yeah, I love that kid. Send him here. So Zane went in, uh, started working with the punters and kickers. And the next year, he was a starting punter for the next three years. So it's in the family. So it's in the family. It's in the blood. Mm-hmm. I think the important thing for parents to hear is that there's an expectation and Caden is doing this. Like we, we just had a discussion about, you know, we've all seen plenty of videos, like you said, like putting someone on the first line and then, or the first, I don't yeah. know football at all. On the goal line. Putting them on the third base. And yeah. no, right. I know that much. Putting them on the goal line and then everybody moves so that person can or go Or pretends over. like they're going to tackle I, the person. I do and, think yeah. that there's maybe a place for that support but as long as it doesn't come from a place of pity pity yeah and uh, a fate like this is um the same thing about our our rights or or like you're pretending to tackle this kid and so like you're fooling the kid to make him think that he actually scored you know so i have a a a great story on that the 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 day caden made history so i'm director of football ops i hire all the referees officials right so i went out and we met at midfield with the head coach, our head coach, and- Prior to the kick, you went out. Prior, yes. on, right, right when we took the field to stretch. And I said, hey, 
I'm just going to tell y'all, or I asked him, I said, please don't throw a flag today if number 21 gets in the game. He's a kicker. He's going to make history if he makes the kick. And the team is going to rush the field. The whole team is going to rush the field. Don't throw a flag, please. So he goes, well, did you tell the other team? I said, the other coach? And I said, absolutely not. And I don't want you to tell them because we want it authenticated. We wanted them to rush Caden. And every game, nobody knew about it. And after he made that kick, that coach came over right when we huddled up to say our Lord's Prayer and talk to the players. And he came by and he goes, hey, 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 coach, give number 21 the game ball today. He earned it. So they knew nothing about it. And they don't know today. Well, I'm sure they probably watch ESPN and saw their name. <laughs> yeah. But, but he went on and, and kicked in three different games and they never knew. And what that, didn't they know? They didn't know, they he, didn't had know he had Down syndrome. syndrome. He had Down syndrome. That is true inclusion. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, exactly. And I know Caden hates the story about that he got tackled on the one yard line. But, but that's that, to true me, inclusion too. Yes, you're equal. Yes, and that's what we fight so hard for: is for our son to be seen and treated as equal. Yes. I mean, to me, that shows me those people respect you, Caden, and they yeah. see you as equal. And that is so hard. You've changed people. You've absolutely changed this world, and you've changed the path for my son. Yeah, and 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 our listeners can't see you, but you are a twenty-three-year-old strong man. You are the things that we were told yeah. our son would not be: discount physical activity, sports that have to do with strength, power, ability, and you're proving that to be a misnomer, a, a false. And you fight the fight, but it's worth it. It is worth it because sometimes you're fighting the fight and you're like, "Is why am I doing this? Is it worth it? It's hard to fight the fight sometimes. You get tired. But you have to know they may fail too. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You know, Zane had dyslexia and he had his battles, but he was always that good-looking kid, athletic, everything going on. But then fellow classmates would make fun of him when he'd try and read or this or that. And I think as parents, we don't want our kids hurt. We don't want them made fun of. We don't want them bullied. But in reality, they're going to be. No matter who they are, if they're any individual with everything going on, somebody's going to find a reason to pick at them. And they need to learn how to deal with that for when we're not in their life. Mm -hmm. And so this is such a great way of independence for all our kids. You know, I understand our protection. As parents, we want to protect them, but we have to let them live their life and have this, like I said, we've given Caden the exact same opportunity as Zane. We never thought, oh, Caden has Down syndrome. We thought this is our son and he gets that chance like everybody else does. Because it's your right. And so these these are the things that you've done. You you went to elementary school and you stayed on curriculum and you graduated and then you went to middle school. You've been in an inclusive environment the entire time. It was a fight. You have to fight for it. It is your right. And that's the one of the thing I wanted to talk about because you said how they were trying to make Kate and go to another school. It's your right to be in the homeschool. The closest in your district where your siblings not go. Not seven miles away. Not seven miles away. It's your right. And they have the burden of proof. Yes. And parents don't realize that. And so many people, because you trust the system. Yeah, you trust But that system, historically, doesn't believe in our children because they haven't seen it. I believe in the evolution that they're starting to see it now. And so there's the changes. And also, new people are getting into that system. I love that you had teachers at, at different points that were good and did support and did believe in your son. Caden uh, went to high school. Caden graduated from high school. Caden is in college. Caden plays football and he plays. Yeah. He plays and he's earned his spot and he's really great and he's broken records and he does it and he's equal. And these are all things that when our child is born, um, they're not even taken off. <laughs> the table they're not they're just like don't even, not even there's not, not there's nothing presented it's not even a thought that we're supposed to think we were always told what Caden would never do Caden was supposed to be even in diagnosis he was going to be born without his corpus classum without his septum with down syndrome the worst case scenario and the doctor asked if I needed medication to deal with that I said no I need to research 
And so I started reading, like I said, a brain um, development books, brain smart, this and that. And I went to my doctor. I said, can I take primrose and flexi? He goes, well, it's not going to hurt. So sure. You know, so whatever it took even it, before having him to give him that opportunity. And then when we had him, he was in and out of Vanderbilt the first 12, 11 months of his life with pneumonia and, and issues. Um, and then we were always told when I asked if he could ever learn a foreign language when he was like in, I think it was the first three weeks when they come for that social work visit. And I was asking what to expect. And they're like, well, I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me that. So, and I, and I'm hoping for families now, 20 years later, it's changed somewhat that there's more educated individuals out there. And this, this lady, the social worker, she had a daughter with Down syndrome herself, um, who was 11 years old at that time, who didn't think to ask those questions. And I'm not condemning her for that, but that's where we have to, we shouldn't, we, we need to, and I'm hoping it gets easier for individuals coming up that we don't have to, but you know, just like any, you would do for any of your kids, you need to ask the questions. Well, you have to think 34 years ago, it was still, um, no, no, not 34. Yeah. No, 11 years before he was yes. born, oh, yeah, the social worker right. had, Jeez. I mean, the, she wasn't too far away from yeah. just your child being taken from right. you. So well, I and, think it is in our community, you know, we kind of, which is what we kind of do as a society. We kind of follow what's been happening. You know, we kind of like learn from the past and go, Oh, well, we'll just do what we did. And this is the, the avenue we go in, but it's taking our community and seeing like you're showing, you're yeah, showing you the, the potentials that aren't even in our minds. When Liam was born, we were we had nothing with hope given to us. I, what I want is Caden's story to be given to every parent to just say, you know what? We know why the doctors and other people, although we had a great conversation with a, a brilliant researcher the other day, and he was talking about how researchers are now becoming advocates, uh, but and there's change there. But we know where the archaic beliefs come from, that those still, as they filter out, but if, if parents could be given Caden's story of, but they don't matter. That's just somebody else's belief. We get to believe. Yes. We get to believe in our kids. Yes, exactly. And as parents of young children, give them all the different opportunities, find their strengths, let them find their strengths, and then hone in on those of, of what they, because they do. Caden is athletic. Some individuals are artistic. Some are musicians you know, some, uh, you know, like to read, they have their interests. And that's where we need to find their interests at a young age, and help them develop that put them in things. Caden, I think the strongest thing we did for him was it was the martial arts. It was his therapy, he didn't realize it. But he the PT discharged him at 22 months, she goes everything I give him challenge wise, he does. Um, I and they gave him the confidence to go on and do other things do I remember playing when he played soccer and he went out to kick and all the kids got in front of he was supposed to kick a, a goal a penalty or something and all the kids got in front of the goal and I'm like how are they going to kick all those kids are in front of it well as soon as he kicked all the kids moved out of the way where Caden didn't he was used to already the kicking and the ball and you know that type of thing so he was even from his all peers of his age he was that much advanced from if they're typical or not, because he had those experiences of the martial arts. He got the confidence. He got the black belt so he could go out and do other activities. That's the same way. That's the same way as Zane. Zane was the one that got us into martial arts and they got confidence, not the cockiness, but confidence of themselves in martial arts to go out and do anything else that they want. Well, that's very important is finding all of our children's passions or strengths and focusing energy there you know and you bring up zane and it was similar a, a similar case and so it shows you just do it for all your kids right you find out martial and, arts and you should do that great. for yourself you find out what your passion is and you go toward that man you're just gonna make you the happiest most successful person and you know a lot of people think martial arts oh no they're gonna just start <coughs> kicking and punching people all over they don't they don't because they know they want to earn that belt they want to get those stripes and they're going to do what they're supposed to do to go up those belt ranks. So you just stress no Taekwondo at school or at home. So you don't go kicking and punching at home or at school. And we actually Caden taught um, online during COVID a program out of, I think it was, um, we it was, we thrived together out of Cleveland started a lot of activities for young adults and, you know, teenagers, late teenagers. And so Caden actually taught a martial art program online to teach 
the individuals to do that. And, and even then we stress no Taekwondo, unless you're on here doing it with us or practicing with someone, you just don't cut, go up and punch and kick people. Well, the thing that's funny is that when they're talking about our kids, they are going to go to school and kick and punch. Just first of all, don't say they when you're talking about my kid. Yes. And um, every child who's learning self-defense will go to school <laughs> and kick and punch. Because that's what you to. do. <laughs> I was studying boxing and I love to just practice. And it was fun. Like, look what I can do. And I was an adult. Until people said, hey, you're and in the stop mall. Punching stop punching my arm. Like, <laughs> but, you know, like that's just, it's what we do. And it's no different. That's the thing. It's no difference with our children. Exactly. And that's what that's when we started our martial art classes, we'd made all of the students repeat after me, no punching and kicking at school or at home, no matter who they were, what age they were. But I do want to share one thing as a parent, one of my insecurities I'm still trying to get over is when Caden goes out and kicks, he's pretty much 100% when he actually is in the game, but mama gets nervous. I got nervous for Zane too. But I think it is on a little different level than Caden, because I think if he misses, people are going to say, oh, well, yeah, he missed. No, it's hard. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, because because I've just gotten to the point where I don't feel like I have to uh, prove. My child just, I mean, he can show you what he can do, but I don't have to prove. And it's equality is not everybody is going to do it every time, except maybe Caden. Well, but also think that every woman that was the first woman in her job, the pressure is 10 times as more. For any mistake that happens, it's because she's a woman, right? And this is a similar situation. And so it's natural to feel that. Because um, people have prejudices and they don't, and misperceptions, and people want to, like, see, I was right. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I totally get what you mean. Yeah. Well, maybe this would be a good time to talk about because kind of the, the downside second of inclusion part we wanted to say. Is, yeah. um, the downside of inclusion of being seen as, as equal is um something that you got guys experienced I, after now you had said you said that Caden no longer works at the school well he's presently not he was supposed to okay in this when the situation happened he was a student employee in the student center and he um is presently not working he's maybe going to go back this fall we're still talking about that but the incident that happened was in his comfort zone in his place of employment by someone who was his supervisor um, and he was actually entrapped within an area that he could not get out and this person was screaming at him and had a knife in his hand pointing it at him so it was quite traumatic and it shouldn't happen to any individual at all it should not have happened i can't say too much more than that but that kind of explains what happened right does this seem to have been fueled with some prejudice toward Down syndrome, you believe, or is this... Uh... It possibly could be. That's where we don't know. We don't understand the motive. Um, it could be possibly that or also jealousy mm-hmm. because of what the notoriety that Caden has been getting and because he has, you know, a disability and that he shouldn't be getting the recognition that he is. We're, we're just not quite sure. I think this person always tried to help hold Caden down and didn't give him, didn't think he'd always give him the, you know, the not so good of jobs. And, but other people that were around there always valued Caden's um, work. Caden worked there longer than anybody else in that position in that um, facility on campus. And then this new person came in and just started really just overall treatment. We had other people that came to me in leadership positions and said they overheard and saw things that weren't right and they feel, felt that it was um, abuse um, for someone who was uh, discriminatory. Yeah, well, that actually, you know, you'll you'll be going through this, but that could be defined as a hate crime. Yeah. And, well, um, anytime, yeah, anytime yeah, it's based on a disability. I'm so sorry. And the person was a full-time employee at the college, not a student worker. This was an adult, this a 49-year-old man. Adult. Oh. And you guys knew this person and had a relationship with this person? A work relationship. And again, this was a case where Kevin was director of the student center, and this guy was the coordinator. And Kevin had written him up several times, and other people had um, many, many reviews. And then Kevin got moved out of the 
his position, but this guy stayed in his position. And I had um, forewarned the his super, I wrote up two reports and said, I do not want this guy because of reports I'd seen. Zane had seen something when he was home at Christmas break that this individual did towards Caden. So I wrote up and said, this person is not to work with Caden, be Caden's supervisor, have anything to do with Caden's work time or be around him. And so the day this incident happened, the athletic director asked me if Caden could sit at the front desk and um, work the, the counter because he had to go over to the other building. So there's enough trust put in Caden that nobody else is there. Caden's working the front counter, answering the phones and stuff. Um, and my first response was, where is this individual? And he goes, oh, he's not around today. You don't have to worry about that. I was like, okay, well, okay, if that's the case, yes, he can be there. Um, and sometime between 1.30 and 2.58, this incident happened. This person came back and did this to Caden. And it was on video. It was actually outside of the room, the, in the uh, lobby, it was a yeah, camera okay. pointing down towards this, this place that he walked into. And it showed this individual following Caden in and having something in his hand and actually so he his story was corroborated it was very and then after you know Caden was totally thrown came back to the front desk to call me and um call his dad and then the phone rang and here it was this guy who was supposed to leave what well, had, had left he goes i'm sitting here outside the window watching you or he goes i'm outside the window looking at you and you're just sitting there you need to get up and get to work doing all black yeah <sighs> so it, it was it's been a traumatic um, experience for all of us, and it's been a battle that will continue. Um, and we has it's not totally been resolved. How are you guys? I mean, how do you recover from that? Because you even you just said when Caden gets on the field to kick, you're you're scared for him. Well, going to counseling, uh, um, having him talk to someone because I know I would hear him talk about things. If he sees a car, the color car this guy drives, he's always nervous about it. Red. And he, keeping us with him or him with us on campus, he's sitting in my office. Now he's not working. So it's summer, we're still working. So he'll come on campus. We yeah. don't want him out of our sight, basically. He was supposed to have an independent life living on campus this summer. And with a work study program, he got free tuition and free um, room and board. And he didn't get that, that opportunity was taken away from him because that's something we don't feel comfortable with him being on campus now. Well, we're so sorry to hear that. I, I can, Caden, I can only imagine the fear in the moment, how that you still feel that after. And I can only imagine as well for your parents who are on campus and are parents, so they're always wanting to protect you. And then for some Because you're like a good human who yeah, changes this world for the better. You change the world for people who come behind you. And you know what? I just was having this conversation with my daughter today. There are people who are just angry. And they do things that are terrible. There's no excuse for it. And I'm so glad that you're here with us. Yeah, we actually feel, did a protection order. And we were on pins and needles till the final hearing came. So Caden and I testified last week. And that put some relief to Caden to talk to the judge and for the judge to say, stalking protection is in place for five years and this individual have his weapons taken away and uh, kate it was good for kate to hear that in such an official capacity well well that's good but oh boy well we we go through so much in our lives right and like Lori said we know this is going to make everyone stronger just like how we said earlier that you want to protect your kids from failures and and disappointments and but the, sometimes to see the beauty and the the beauty in the world, sometimes it comes with some ugly. And the beast is that what you said? It came, yeah. yeah, the beast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Liam's favorite movie. So the ugliness, that's right. It really is. It's it's um that and that's why I was so um, struck about this conversation that we were going to have today is because you know you you guys are going and you have this force. And you're breaking down barriers, kicking down barriers, kicking down barriers, and <laughs> and you're changing the world. And the hard part of that is that individuals don't like to be proven wrong, and 
bullies like to bully people they see as weaker than them. Exactly. Yeah. Kaden, I had a I had a bully in my life. And they were horrible. And the one thing I'll share this with you, and I don't share it with many people, and I don't know if it's going to make it to the episode, but I will tell you, the one thing that this person hated more than anything was that they couldn't keep me down. And I don't know what it made in this person, what they felt, but it was something that they couldn't have. And they did everything to keep me down. And the greatest thing that I did was to not stay down to just keep getting back up. So well done, Caden. Yeah. I'm so happy that you have someone that you're talking to and that um, that you're able to... Yeah. to man, Very you smart. Just, just advocate for yourself and to know that you didn't do anything wrong, that sometimes people are just jerks. And I'm really sorry that you went through that because I feel like you're changing my life and you're changing life for my son. Yeah, your whole story makes me so happy and us so happy. And I, I thank you for pushing the boundaries, kicking down barriers for us, for our son, for our community, for society in general, because this is something that helps everyone. Once we've learned to include everyone in our society, we're all better for it. And just like all the things you've learned through sports and college, the college life, You've taught people along the way. You're learning and you're teaching, and we all are. And the more your story gets out, the more it happens. And we really thank you. Yes, well, we appreciate you guys calling. And that's the thing. Um, you're at a stage that ho hopefully that they're listening and saying, oh, look, at my kids really can do this. It's not that they're really groundbreaking now. This is being done by you know 12-year-olds, 10-year-olds out there. And we're, we can just take it even further now. You guys are great. You're a great yeah, family. We, 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 and I'm so happy. So happy we got to talk. I'm to so you. happy that we got to talk to you. Thank you. It's nice meeting you guys. See ya. Bye bye. bye. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod. And you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod. Or visit our website, If We Knew Then.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Come and talk.